This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. How you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. How you doing? How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. Uh, I actually spent yesterday at the Air Force Army game. So How was I think that? That was actually pretty nice. How uh, was the environment? Uh, it was actually really cool. Because, uh, like, my, my son goes to daycare up there on the academy, so I've, like, always <laughs> wanted to go to a game. But uh, I don't know. Do you, you know there's a high school up there? There's, I, I didn't know there was a high school. Yeah, I, so it's the Air Academy Prep or something like that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And, so the West Point is the same thing. It's it's a uh, it's United States Military Academy prep school, but it's it's not like a it's not a high school. It's kind of like a uh, like a pre ranger, I guess you could compare. Yeah, it to. like almost like a. Uh, you're it's like going. A to, it's school. like a JUCO. Yeah, like, kind of like a JUCO yeah. equivalent to. But anyway, so there's <laughs> the Air Academy prep up there or whatever. And so on Friday, I was going to pick up my son. It trips you out because when they have a game, they just let you go by the gate so yeah. like, all the terrorists can get in and shit. So <laughs> like, me and my wife are like, what the fuck are we doing here? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but how was the game? It was, it was pretty good. Uh, Army did something at the end that they never do, and that's throw the ball. So Yeah, kinda... yeah. I watched the the final drive until they, they got stopped on that fourth down, but... Uh, then, like, didn't their quarterback get hurt? And, yeah, it was... yeah, it was it was definitely... Uh, a missed targeting call from what I could see, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It was kind of cool though, to see that they were wearing the, uh, the fourth infantry division, like patches on the back of their helmet. That was pretty cool. Oh, I didn't I'm, see that. I'm, no, yeah. And see, I pay attention to weird stuff like that. Well, cause I know like, uh, certain position groups wear different patches on the back. No, like the whole team wore the oh, fourth infantry. Yeah. They wore it for, for us here at Fort Carson. So yeah, I don't know. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I actually got to sit with the, um, the band of the cadets at the end, so that was kind of cool. Any hot cadets? No. No. There's only one. Oh, <laughs> you. Oh, nice. You just saved. You you saved yourself. You saved yourself from our one Instagram follower. Hi, Courtney. Thanks but for following I, it was It was just kind of chilly, but it wasn't too bad. Can't complain. Yeah. I mean, at least it wasn't like on on Tuesday when it was, you know, 12 <laughs> inches of snow on the ground and shit. I wouldn't even call that 12 inches. <laughs> no, it was. It was. That was like the, the final the final tally or whatever. So Of all three days? Uh, Yeah, like cumulative for all three days. We got like 12 inches. So. Yeah, like my grill right there. It was like almost up to the fucking lights. It was it was freaking crazy, man. I, I, I want more snow because I want more days off work. That's weak. In New York, we'd get a foot or two overnight. And you go to work? That's just yeah. ignorant. That's just ignorant. Nah, that's the way you roll. No, that's straight ignorant, dude. You can have mountain in your name and not be a mountain soldier. You literally, they literally got the mountain name because they were here at Fort Carson. They were, they here, were here at Fort Carson. They were not at Fort Carson. They were yes, at Camp the Hale. No, the 10th Mountain Division was here at Fort Carson. No, it was at Camp Hale. Camp Hale is If actually, you go through Heritage Road through Gate 1, you're going to yeah, see the 10th yeah, Mountain I get, Division. I get that because this is where we're, this is around the area that uh, 10th Mountain was, but 10th Mountain was not here. They were up at. A higher mountain ridge. Whatever. Yeah, they were here. They were here at Fort Carson. <laughs> they were not you guys got Carson. it because you were here in the spring, so don't tell me that. Oh, do, do it with New York. Oh, oh, they fuck act, New York. They actually got it because they went through the mountains during World War II. Uh, whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. We're not doing military history. All right. <laughs> Tenth Mountain sucks. It's all about the 4th Infantry. 
All right. Fourth infantry, infantry is terrible. So you want to start <laughs> off with your uh, your fun Big Ten weekend? Oh my goodness! Do I have to? Like, do I have to cover it? Do I have to talk about the dumpster fire that is Nebraska football? I mean, I could start it if you want. All right. Well, I'll get into it. All right. So at the very beginning of our podcast here, I specifically remember telling you that Nebraska had a very big chance to lose the rest of their games. And I honestly didn't think that was going to be correct. But the one time I was correct, it's it's about this. We lost 31-27 to to Purdue. And watching the game, I, I don't even think that losing to Purdue is embarrassing as much as the fact that we lost to a third-string quarterback at Purdue. That's who we lost to. Because their starting quarterback got hurt. Their backup was in yesterday. And... He gets hurt in the middle of the third quarter and comes in their third string quarterback comes in and beats us. And the question that, that we were kind of talking about before, and now I really want to get into this question, um, is last year we, we, when we got destroyed by Michigan, they said that was the rock bottom for Husker football. And we made the turn at the end there in the second half. And we made a run at Ohio state. We lost, 38 to 34 or 34, 31 on their home field. We lost by four points. And then we beat Michigan state in the snow in a very defensive battle. And then we gave Iowa a run. So everyone, that's where the hype for Nebraska came in this year. And now we, this year we had aspirations to compete for the conference title. We were ranked nationally and now we're four and five or two and four in the big 10 and we're one and eight on the road under Scott Frost. Is I don't even want to ask the question: Is Scott Frost the right guy for the job? Because I think he is. Because if we get rid of Scott Frost, and you know we we continue this three or four, so you years change coach, you change your uh, view now in the matter of like ten minutes. No, no, not really. Because like I still do question if Scott Frost is can turn this thing around. But the last thing that I want to do is call for for coach frost's head because you know if, if we get rid of him you know we talked about this i think uh last week was or no it was two weeks ago we were talking about this if we fire scott frost who's going to come coach and that's not how you build a winning tradition you know you, you build a winning tradition by having a consistent head coach and a and and having you know when, when somebody commits to your school they want to know who's going to coach them for the four years they're going to be there yeah my question is 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 he going to get this thing turned around and how long, you know, because I have my answer, but I want to hear yours, is how long do you think this fan base can handle of not going to a bowl game, getting blown out on the road, losing in the big games, you know, because this has been happening since we fired Solich in 2002, is we can't win the big game. Bo Pelini couldn't win the big game. Mike Riley couldn't win the big game. And Scott Frost is showing he can't win on the road, you know, in the last two years that he's been here at Nebraska. So how long do you think this fan base puts up with it? Um... I think most people are kind of sold. I wouldn't say most, but some people are sold on the idea that if he has another two years to bring his recruits in and get rid of Riley's recruits, that they should be on the up and up. But <coughs> I can't see, uh, can't see him. Well, my problem with that statement is, is you know, we talk about Scott Frost's recruits. You know, if Scott Frost gets his guys in there. You know, it, it'll be a completely different team. His main guy, Adrian Martinez 
is not panning out. I mean, you can look at his stats, and he's you know twenty two of thirty nine, two hundred forty seven yards and interception. You look at that, and you're like, that's a pretty decent day. The one interception, it was actually a terrible throw. He threw it into double coverage. You know, it was a wheel route to uh, to Noah. But if you actually watch the game, he seems more afraid to get hurt than he does to try and make a big play. Uh, and Adrian Martinez is Scott Frost. That was his number one recruit. That was his number one dude coming from UCF, coming to Nebraska. That was the first person that committed. And uh, I I want to say on record that Noah Vedral and Christian McCaffrey look better than Adrian Martinez. Luke McCaffrey. Luke McCaffrey. Or, yeah, Luke McCaffrey. Yeah. They both look better than Adrian Martinez, but because Scott Frost has such a little hard on for Adrian Martinez because that's his guy, he wants to keep him in there. Noah Vedral, I think, can run this offense a lot better. So that's what I was going to ask you: Is do you think Adrian Martinez is the guy going for? I think I asked you that last week, and you said yes. But I would last week. I would I, absolutely. I stood behind that statement that Adrian Martinez is a guy. You know, you know, we're talking about. You know, earlier I mentioned the the second half turnaround that Nebraska had last week, and it was all on Adrian Martinez because he was a dual threat. This this year he's he doesn't want to run the football, and I thought it was play calling. You know. Because he was injured for a little bit this season, wasn't he already? Yeah, yeah. He was out for the uh, he was out for Indiana, and then our game before Indiana, I can't remember uh, Minnesota. He was out for Minnesota and Indiana, or okay. yeah. And he came back for this Purdue game, <laughs> and he just I don't know he he didn't look like the Adrian Martinez of last year, and you know he came into this season with Heisman hopes. You know he was yeah, he came in, with a lot of hype. Yeah, he, he was like the number four and number five guy on the Heisman list. He was on the short list at the beginning of the season, and now you ask anybody outside of the University of Nebraska, Adrian Martinez is, and they have no idea. So I, so I just what, I, I you don't know what his see injury him. was. Yeah, it was his uh, it was his ankle, it was his but ankle I, and his knee. Um, so do you think those are a hundred percent then? If he's not trying to be mobile and go around, because it says here he got twelve carries for fifty eight yards with two touchdowns. So he did good running. But passing, I would say. Okay, so that 58 yards, 34 of them came at the end of the first half on okay. a Hail Mary. So, you know, he he ran the ball a little bit more against Purdue than he has all season. But there was definitely, like, some of those zone read plays or option plays where he, if he would have kept the ball, you know, he was running for, you know, 8, 10 yards. But they had a big linebacker over there, and it seemed like he was afraid to tuck the ball and go up against a linebacker. So, so I, I, I just, know one thing that kind of – not to interrupt you, but I know one no, thing that kind of – uh plagues teams and players no matter what is uh once you get injured especially an injury in the lower body it kind of uh hinders you in a sense because you you don't want to take that injury again yes i mean i'm not saying that you know he's being a little bitch or something i mean if there's something (laughs) like do you you think that's that he's not 100 percent? i no absolutely not he's not 100 percent. i don't think he is but you know at the end of the day as a head coach you got to look at that you got to be like hey adrian you're not 100 percent and you got Noah Vedral, who's ran this offense. This is his third year being in Scott Frost's offense. He was with Scott Frost at UCF. That you got to be like, hey man, I got to, I got to take the nod. You know, you got to open up the position battle, and that's something that the coaches came out after the Purdue game, and you know, Scott Frost had a sound bite where he he was talking about, you know, I came back to to fix this ship. I'm going to do everything I can, you know, and I'm not leaving until I can. And if people don't want to be a part of that, then they need to go. And I'm hoping he's talking about Eric Chander. Eric Chanders, our defensive coordinator, and to give up 31 points to a two-win team in the Big Ten, uh, you, you got to look at the three-four. The three-four defense is not working in Lincoln. 
three four defense doesn't work in the Big Ten. There's too many gaps. Yeah, and but I mean, know, Purdue's also a pretty big passing team. So I mean, I, I could see that three four if, she, if it was going to work against the team, it was going to work against the Purdue team. And it didn't work. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not one for for firing coaches after two or three years, you know. And I think that's been Nebraska's problem is you know we've went through a big coaching carousel um, since you know the legend Tom Osborne retired, but. You know, you, you got to look at that defense and you got to see that, you know, you have an NFL prospect in Lamar Jackson. People have him going in the first or second round. He had probably one of the best interceptions I've seen all year, a one-handed interception. And you got to look at him and be like, you have all this talent on defense. You have Darian Daniels on the front. You have the Davis brothers. You got JoJo Dolman, who I think is one of the hardest playing defensive players in the nation. Lamar Jackson, uh, Cameron Taylor Britt. You have a lot of star power on that defense and yet you're giving up 31 points to a Purdue you're letting Ohio State look like so do you, do you think these I know one 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 problem and I go fast tracking here but one problem for USC's side is they got players playing in positions that they don't excel at but mm-hmm. they excel at other ones so do you think that's the problem with Nebraska or do you think it's this uh, scheme I think it's the scheme I mean with the 3-4 defense uh there's a lot of gaps and everyone has to execute at a high level. And actually uh, I was talking to big Joe about this, about that's what makes football great is you need 11 players to play at a high level. If you want to compete at any level of football, whether it's high school, college, NFL, CFL, whatever it is, everyone has to execute. And it comes down to, you can have the talent, but you have to be able to coach them. Exactly. And what I'm seeing from Eric Chander is he's not able to coach these guys and get teams off of the field. So what's his resume? His resume? He was at UCF. And I think those numbers get skewed because when Scott Frost was at UCF, he was running that very high-powered offense. He had the best offense in the nation. So you're running an offense that's on the field for a minute and a half, two minutes, and putting the ball in the end zone, and then your defense is getting right back out there. Defense has no time to, to rest. So they were giving up big numbers at UCF, but they were able to outscore people. Now you come into the like big, a Big Twelve type, uh, yeah, almost, yeah, kind of like an old school like TCU, like from four or three years back, just outscoring people, or Texas Tech back in the you know early two thousands, yeah, being able to just outscore people. That's what UCF was. They were just able to outscore you. The problem at Nebraska is is you can't do that in the Big Ten. You know that you don't. You know Big Ten scores of thirty eight to seven, um, or twenty seven thirty one is. Those are high scoring Big Ten games. Usually you see like 10 to 7, 14 to 14, 13, or 28, 21, something like that. You're not going to see, you know, like at UCF when they played in a championship game and they won 56 to 48. You're not going to see that in the Big Ten. That's not going to happen. That's unheard of. So his high powered offense, you know, he needs somebody that can keep teams off of the field and the hurry up offense. If, if one thing is stay constant all year is that we take a lead in the first quarter. We'll gas the team in that first quarter. You know, our first drive, we always look good. We, same thing against Purdue. Come out, we punt the ball in the first drive, we stop them, and then we put the ball in the end zone. You know, at the end of the first quarter, we were up 10 nothing. And I remember I was sitting there, I was watching the game. I was with my son, and I remember I looked over at Austin, and I was like, well, here we go. And once we went up 10 nothing, I was like, well, that's it. We're done. Because that's the way Nebraska's been all year. Our defense cannot stop them after the first quarter. Like our, our first quarter, if we could keep our first quarter defense throughout the entire game, we would we'd be damn near undefeated. Minus Ohio State. Um, 
So I, I think I'm calling for Eric Chander's head. I think that we need a defensive coordinator that's going to put the four three back in and get Nebraska back to the black shirts. And you know we wore those special jerseys last week with the black shirt logo on it. And I was listening to uh, the Big Red Copcast, and they had Grant Wistrom on there. Uh, and if you guys know who Grant Wistrom is, he's probably one of our better defensive players ever. I would say he's probably the toughest defensive player we've ever had at Nebraska. He was part of the 94 and 95 uh, national championship teams. And <clears throat> they asked him, they're like, well, was that kind of a disgrace to the black church tradition? And he said, absolutely. He said that wearing those was a cool homage to our history and to our tradition here at Nebraska that, you know, we've won championships through defense, but the display of defense this year, I, I personally myself don't think that they should anybody should have a black shirt. I, I think they should get rid of that until we're not giving up thirty one fucking points to Purdue. Uh, defense looked soft. The the secondary minus Lamar Jackson's interception and Darian Daniels' interception um, just looked soft all all day. Purdue literally basically could just do anything they want and. Uh, they just weren't there. Nebraska is just not there. I give it – if we miss the bowl game this year, which I think we will, I don't think we're going to go bowling. I think we're going to finish the season five and seven. Um, I give Scott Frost one more year until people are legitimately calling for his head. I really do. Yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. Give him one more year, see how it pans out. Um, I just think his biggest problem this year was they came in with way too much hype. And people were expecting a lot more than what's coming out, mm-hmm. especially after his UCF time, and it's just not working out so well. Um, so we'll go into well, you covered the stats pretty much. Um, really, no rushing attack for the Huskers. It doesn't seem like. Even well, like no, and that a lot years. of that has to go with Maurice Washington uh, being dismissed from the team, and Diedrich not being able to step up and and take take the reins and Wendell Robinson was hurt. Um, Wendell Robinson was in and out and then we get the ball back with a minute eight and they kept Wendell Robinson, our most electric offensive player on the sideline wasn't in there. So I just questionable coaching down the stretch, questionable play management. Even, even the dudes on, on the broadcast were saying like that was, they were wondering what the hell they were thinking with the clock management there on the last drive because three passes, and none of them pass like five yards. So with a minute eight and only one timeout, you know, you gotta you gotta stretch the ball down the field. You, you gotta get at least Adrian to throw the ball 15, 20 yards through the air, and then hopefully your receivers, you know, whether it's JD Spielman or Noah or uh, or Warner, Cade Warner, to to make a move and, and get the ball down the field uh, and just give yourself a shot at the end. And that's what we didn't have. We did not have a shot at the end of the game there. Uh, Okay, so we'll go into uh, Rutgers in Illinois. I don't know if you caught any highlights or anything in this game. No, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Uh, once Purdue took the knee and the game was over, I shut the TV off and went upstairs and I watched Wiggles with my son. Like, I was just you done. what? <laughs> the Wiggles. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I was I was just I, done with football, man. Like, it, it's, I don't know what's going on, but, like, when you talk, it, like, kind of, like, makes a weird noise, so I can't hear some of the things you're saying. Oh, uh, yeah. If uh, you sound good on yours, though, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, I – uh, like I said, man, I just I turned football off. I uh, okay, yeah. So I didn't I didn't get to really watch anything. I didn't even really get to finish the USC game. But 
Um, Rutgers, uh, we picked Illinois for this one, and we both won on that pick. Hey, finally last, winning something. Yeah, last our last game we picked Nebraska because should have been an easy win, but it wasn't, so we lost it on that one. So that's one and one for both of us so far. Um, what about Lovey Smith, man? Lovey Smith down there making Illinois close to being a. Uh, they're five and four right now with a three and three conference record. Yeah, they're so they're getting there. I mean, they're not going to compete. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to compete for a uh, like the Big Ten championship or anything. But the rest of their schedule, let, let's see what the rest of their schedule looks like here. Uh, Michigan State, Iowa, and Northwestern. Uh, so I think they're going to. I think they're going they're going to make a bowl game. They're going to beat Northwestern. They got to be one team. Yeah. And yep. you know, Michigan State they have a chance to beat Michigan State. Michigan State's shown that they're beatable no matter if they're undefeated or you know they're a 2 and 8 team or you know, Michigan State's beatable, Northwestern's beatable and even Iowa you catch them on a on an early game which the time hasn't been announced, but you catch them at 11 a.m. You know, they they could possibly finish out with a good enough record to to make a real run at a decent bowl and not at like the the toilet bowl in you know Champaign yeah. Illinois or something. So so we got. I mean, I, I would say Rutgers is probably the bottom of the Big Ten without a doubt. Nah, I'd argue Nebraska. Oh, I mean Rutgers doesn't even have a conference <laughs> win. <laughs> Neither does Northwestern, which <laughs> they got mollywopped by Indiana and Indiana, another team that surprised seven and two, four so and two in the Big let's, Ten. Let's go over the stats real quick for Rutgers in, in uh, Illinois. So we got Johnny Langan, five of ten, eighty-six, one one, uh, twenty-two QBR. Uh, Illinois, we got Brandon Peters, six eleven, one twenty, one touchdown, no interceptions. All right, there we go. Uh, rushing, we have Rutgers with a total of one eighty-five. Aaron Young leading the way with thirteen carries, sixty-seven yards. Uh, and then for Illinois, we got Reggie Corbin leading the way, thirteen carries, fifty-one yards, and then Peters was uh, a monster it looks like with three carries for 41 yards uh probably would have more yards had he not taken a sack it seems like he got sacked a couple of times because his longest run was 54 yards but his total yard is 41 yeah oh brandon peters yeah so yeah he was also he, six of 11 for 120 yards and a touchdown so yeah so illinois is looking like they are going to be a solid team and we got josh Montabebe, uh former usc wide receiver three See, receptions. and it's i'm sorry man it's people like that, okay? So you got Lovey Smith in Illinois. Illinois is a dumpster fire. Second year, competing. Scott Frost took a dumpster fire, not competing in a second year. So that's why I want to say uh, Scott Frost is a guy, but it's really hard for me to really buy into it because, I mean, come on. Whatever, dude. I'm done with it. I'm done with Nebraska football. I. I could literally sit here for two hours and talk about. Yeah, I don't want to make the whole podcast about <laughs> Nebraska football. There's already enough podcasts about Nebraska football. I'm sure it's going to get lit up this week. Anyway, oh my so. goodness! Yeah, these dudes are about to go in on them. Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say Illinois is contending for a Big Ten title, but they are definitely a team that they're like an Oregon State, where a team that is going to come in and fight, and you don't know what to expect from them week to week. But he has his team looking pretty pretty damn good um let's see here defensively looking pretty strong uh where is my man where is he i'm right here <laughs> i don't see him so i'm just gonna skip over it real quick i don't want to spend too much time on this but 
Uh, yeah, Illinois is looking pretty good. Um, yeah. Started off kind of rough, but after that uh, Wisconsin up- upset, yeah, they've, they've they've just been they've righted the you know they've they've righted the ship out there. Um, I mean they hit a they hit a tough stretch. I mean other than Eastern Michigan, you know they played Nebraska. Nebraska got the win, and they played at Minnesota, and then they played Michigan when Michigan was. Well, Michigan's on the up right now. They're looking pretty yeah. good. Well, I mean, yeah, they beat Notre Dame, but. And then you got they beat Wisconsin, they beat Purdue, they beat Rutgers, and you know Wisconsin was a close win, and then they've blown out Purdue and they've blown out Rutgers. So, I mean it's, they've they've really kind of found their stride, and they're looking like a team that if they keep going the way they're going, they could be a, they could be a force to be reckoned with in the next couple of years. Yeah, I'd say if they keep going the path they're going with, they can usually be a eight and four, nine and three team next year. Oh, absolutely. But you know me and my. Uh, I'm done hyping teams up. I'm done <laughs> jumping on hype trains. I'm done. So, like, uh, <laughs> we'll move on to Indiana and Northwestern. <laughs> Talk uh, about a hype train. I I think for this one, we both picked. Oh, we both picked Indiana. All right, I was just yeah. I don't think we picked Northwestern. No, you were you were undefeated in your picks in the Big Ten. I was I was the only one who got it wrong because I let yeah, my fandom get in the way. Yeah. Uh, so we holy cow! You see Northwestern's uh, quarterback here? They got. Let me see. Three different quarterbacks in. I'm gonna guess that one of them was yeah, one of them was a, a running back pass or something. Oh, Andrew Marty. Yeah. Oh, hang on, let me look. I don't follow the Big Ten like you, so you should know all these things. Uh, he's a quarterback. Never mind. So I don't know what the hell happened with that. Anyways, so four different dudes threw a ball for Northwestern that game. Yep. Uh, and they only totaled in all 112 yards. Yeah, Northwestern's a dumpster fire. Uh, <laughs> I just we thought it was just Northwestern being Northwestern, but no, it's they're a dumpster fire. They're not good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're not good at all. They're one in seven, I, oh and I, six in the conference. Yeah, I think them and Rutgers are competing for who's the worst in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, it's not like they're uh, tanking for draft picks or nothing. So yeah, exactly. So then we got Indiana. Uh, I'm gonna guess when the, once it came to a blowout, they put Peyton Ramsey in to let him get a few passes in. Seventy uh, percent completion rating for the backup though. Yeah, with 108 yards total, they had 100. Or my bad, they had 270 yards, no interceptions. Uh, rushing attack though, we got Stevie Scott the third, 26 carries. That dude is a monster, man. Stevie Scott, he's he's really good. Um, he he ran it up on Nebraska too. Uh, oh, really? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's pretty good. He'll be a uh, he'll be an NFL prospect for sure. He he's uh, him and. Just, just the whole team as Indiana is a surprise. Seven and two, four and two in the conference. Um, obviously, they're over there with Penn State and Ohio State, so I don't think they're gonna be competing for a conference. But I mean, the rest of their schedule looks it looks pretty uh, daunting. You know, they got Penn State, Michigan, and then they got Purdue. So I don't know. They could finish out. They could they could probably finish two and one to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean you you catch Penn State or Michigan slipping, then they're going to beat the ever loving crap out of Purdue. So, <laughs> um, but uh, finish out two and one to go nine and three on a season. Hey, that's that's a red letter day for Indiana. Yeah, especially when you're not expected to be a very good football program. No, they're expected to be in the bottom down there with Rutgers. So yeah, they're um, they're getting up there, and then yeah, they so they actually. 34 to 3 was the score. Yeah. I don't know if we said that or not, but No, we didn't. No, it's okay. just 
Yeah, so Northwestern got a field goal in the second quarter, and Woo. that was pretty much all they had. Woo. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a Northwestern fan, I don't know how you can sit through those games. One, it's got to be cold. Yeah. And two, you're just getting blown out. I think that games. was one of the games that we talked about last week that we could have went to for like two yeah, I bucks. Yeah, it was like two bucks a dollar. Yeah, but you didn't want to spring the gas money. Cheap ass. Oh, yeah. Well, I had other plans. That was a better game with Air Force and Army. So now we go on to the, uh, I guess, the highlight game of the Big Ten. Yeah, on the only Big Ten team that's ranked in action last week was Michigan. Michigan went into Maryland and got off to a fast start. And for the first – one of the first times in Jim Harbaugh's tenure I saw that he didn't pull up. Like, he didn't take his feet off the gas the entire game. Shea Patterson, 13-22 and 22 for 151 yards and a touchdown. Hassan Haskins, 13 carries, 60 yards and a touchdown. Is um, this another McCaffrey brother they have? Yes. Yeah. The other McCaffrey – yeah. So, one McCaffrey brother went to Nebraska and then another one went to Michigan. He's a quarterback out there. Uh, 38 to seven was the final Maryland finally put one on the board and I don't, okay, here's, here's a question before you, you know, you know, stat junkie over there gets into all the stats, which, which is a bigger disappointment, Maryland starting out the season, what three and O I think they started out. I'd have to look at that, but I'm pretty sure they started out like three and O they they started off as the highest scoring offense in the nation. Oh, they were two and O they were seven. They won 79, nothing. And then 63 to 20. Yeah, they, they were two it. and zero. Do you think that was a bigger disappointment in Maryland that you guys were two and zero, and then they were ranked, and there was all this hype, and then Temple humbles them, and then every single team after that humbles them except for Rutgers, or is it Nebraska with all that hype coming in? I would definitely say Nebraska because Maryland isn't coming in as a as a program that's going to be fighting for a a Big Ten championship or anything like that, especially when you have uh, Ohio State, Penn State. Yeah, but I mean, when it, when you're two and zero, and I, I think it, I th- so I think expectation wise, it's not a disappointment, but I think like season wise, it's a disappointment because you went from being the highest scoring offense in the nation to where you only get seven points against Michigan. Double, yeah, Michigan. Not to say anything bad about Michigan, which I'm glad that Harbaugh has that killer drive on right now because he needs yeah. to have it because his job's on the line, but. I think where they really got humble is when they lost to Penn State in that fourth week and they lost 59 to nothing. And everyone's like, ah, Maryland's Maryland. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know what what they changed the first two <laughs> weeks to now, but it's. I, don't I know. thought they were going to be a solid team, uh, especially when they were scoring that many points. Well, Maryland's, Maryland's touchdown, and so the seven points that Maryland scored on Michigan, it wasn't offense. It was a kickoff return. <laughs> so... It's not like they uh, because yeah, the the offense just looks terrible. They have 104 passing yards total, and then 129 rushing yards total. So that's not very much offense produced at all. No, the the offense they didn't produce at all there in the off uh, against Michigan. Which you know credit to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Uh, a lot of people were questioning Michigan, and you know when they when they lost, got blown out by Wisconsin, and then. Lost again to Penn State. People were like, well, is Jim Harbaugh. Is this it for him? And then beating Notre Dame and then now beating Maryland and the rest of their schedule is pretty favorable up until that Ohio State matchup. They got Michigan State and Indiana. I mean, Michigan, uh, they're going to be Michigan. They're going to finish out probably 9-3 and because I, I think that Ohio State gets them again because I think Ohio State is the most complete team in the nation. I think they're the best team. 
Yeah, the um, uh, best team. I don't know. I think that's two different things. I, the best team talent wise is Alabama. It's always going to be Alabama until Nick Saban leaves and he stops getting those recruits in. Because whether it, it all depends on who's quarterbacking for Alabama. If it's Tua Tagliova, Alabama's the best team in the nation. No doubt about it. No questions asked. I think that they roll LSU. I think they roll Ohio State. But if Tua's not in, Ohio State can take over the best team. LSU's the number one team in the nation right now. So, so, so we, 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 we've <clears throat> talked about the Big Ten for like what, four weeks now. Yeah. And we have failed to talk about the best player in the Big Ten. Chase Jones? Chase Young. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even think that he's the best player in the Big Ten. I think he's the best player in the nation. Yeah, he's the front. That's what I'm sort of saying, though. We Heisman. Ten. Heisman. He's a he's defensive a end, one. and he's a Heisman trophy. He's number, yeah. he's number one. As of right now, he's the number one player to take the Heisman. Do you think he's going to be better than Bosa? I've, uh, I admit, I haven't watched any film on this kid, but just the stats and everything he's putting up is just absolutely ridiculous. I I, I don't know how we haven't talked about him at all. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, kind of shy away from Ohio State because of how much I hate him, but <clears throat> I mean, when, you, when you're leading the Heisman race as a DM, yeah. I, the last time I remember a defensive player, Adama Kinsu. Yeah, that's the last time I ever yeah. remember a defensive player leading the Heisman race. I know Jabril Peppers was like in the running, but he would, was nothing like this and nothing like no. Adama like there's Kinsu. actual legitimate hype behind him of yeah. being a Heisman Trophy, uh, winning a Heisman Trophy as as a defensive player. Uh, last person to do that was Charles Woodson at Michigan. Back in 1997, Charles Woodson won the Heisman. Um, the only reason I know that, I know that's a weird fact to just know off the top of your head, is because he beat out Scott Frost. So it's the only reason I know that. Um, and also that's Michigan's bullshit national title that they split with Nebraska. So, um, so, they, so he would, so we, it would be definitely unprecedented for him to win the Heisman. I'm rooting for him. I, th- I, I like him as I a defense. I always prefer defensive play. I love defense. Defense is, is what I love watching. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see him. Win the Heisman? Do I think he's going to? No, I think it's going to come down to Tua Tagliova. Joe uh, Burrow's second right now. Yeah, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. It, it's it's over the past, I don't know, I'd say five, four or five years, it's really turned in. Like, not even running backs get the respect anymore. It's a, it's a quarterback award is who it oh, is. Yeah. Whoever wins yeah, the no. Maxwell is going to win the Heisman. Yeah, that's why I think if, if – I don't know. If he has a chance of winning, if you don't root for him, you're just yeah. All right, so let's let's get into our Big Ten predictions, and then we'll move on. Uh, so next week, huh? So so this week I went four and zero with my prediction on the Big Ten, right? Yeah, yeah. Just keep rubbing it in. All right. I'm just asking, what was yours? Mine was three and one. Okay. So yeah. The so, only oh. game that that was the discrepancy for him was the ne- Nebraska Purdue, but rest of them we all picked. We picked the same winner. Yeah. So overall, uh, we'll get into this when we review the Pac-12. But I just want to get this on air. Overall, you're six and two, and I'm four and three. So obviously, I'm better than you. I don't know how that works out, but it does. All right. So next week, uh, early game. It's going to be big noon Saturday on Fox. Is Ohio State and Maryland? That's not the big noon game. Yeah, it is. Ten o'clock, Fox. Big noon Are you Saturday. Sure, because I thought they posted something else for the big noon game. No, no, no. It's on Fox at ten a.m. Unless there's two Fox channels. No, no. no it's, it's at ten a.m. because it's at eleven kickoff yeah that's big noon saturday so, so that's big, big big noon would be on no we do daylight savings oh yeah okay. noon eastern 10 a.m mountain time so that's the big noon saturday game this is maryland ohio state i'm gonna right all right so marcus pulled down for ohio state let's move on uh so on abc at 10 a.m we got penn state and minnesota kind of get into this one who you picking uh give me a second i want to 
fact check you first. <clears throat> see. Oh, my laptop. Because I thought it was... Oh, I'm having the echo again. What the hell? Um, I thought it was another team that they picked, but... Because I thought they picked them at first, and I looked it up, and it was something else. But anyways, uh, let me go into week 11 here. Am I echoing on your thing? No. Okay. Maybe it's just I'm echoing. Thing. Like, when I speak really loudly, it picks up on your mic and not mine, so... Okay. So, we have Maryland, Ohio State. We both pick Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. It's in Columbus. It's not even going to be... Not even going to be a game. Dude, J.K. Dobbins is over 1,000 yards already. I mean, when you have him and... When you have a quarterback that can run like Justin Fields, it's gonna be pretty easy to pick up some rushing yards. Yeah, but on 154 carries, like that's still like I don't He's, I don't I care. Mean, who. I'm not I'm not taking credit from at all. It's, oh, it's, and it's not even it. it's not even a thousand. It's eleven ten. Yeah. So, uh, Penn State, Minnesota. Who you got? Uh, I'm I'm gonna take Penn State. Uh, I know it's in TCF Bank, um, in Minneapolis, but I I just I kind of want Penn State to win because I want that Penn State Ohio State game to be really big and really hyped. Uh, Minnesota, I, I'm not taking a landslide. I'm taking Penn State by three. I just – Penn State's too good of a team. Minnesota is untested. All right. So here's an interesting fact for you, or not fact, but awareness. His, both teams had a bye this week. Yep, they're both coming off byes, both coming into a big game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowing more than likely because it's Minnesota. So it should be a good game. Who are you taking? I gotta stick with my team. I chose the big win the Big Ten. Yeah. All right. So next game, State. couple of couple of bottom dwelling teams, uh, Purdue Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois. Again, this is uh, any any given Saturday road trip we could take here, buddy. <laughs> Two dollar tickets. You Two dollars. RV. I'll pay for the ticket. No, 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 no. You got the vehicle. You pay for gas. I'll pay for. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what. I'll pay for the tickets and parking. You pay for gas. We'll go up there on Saturday. Well, so what happened to your vehicle? It got hit by the hailstorm, <laughs> dude. Remember my Jeep? My Jeep. I had a real Jeep. Not like the fake one that you got. So who are oh, you taking, okay. man? Purdue or Northwestern? I, I'm, I'm taking Purdue. I'm taking Northwestern. <laughs> You're going to fuck. Yeah, I'm probably going to uh, lose that bet. But I'm taking them. I'm taking Northwestern, man. I, I, I'm i taking them. They're going to get their first conference win. All right, so East Lansing, 130 on FS1. Michigan State and Illinois. 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 Both of us in Illinois? Yep. All right, so this will be a good game. Uh, I'll be paying attention to this one. At 2 o'clock on Fox, Iowa goes on the road to Camp Randall to Wisconsin. Who are you taking? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm taking Iowa. I think Iowa gets them. Iowa takes a stronghold in that division. I wouldn't pick Iowa, but I, I well, we, we already, well, we already have one tiebreaker. Yeah, I'll pick Iowa. Uh, yeah, I, I think Wisconsin has a good enough defense, but I also think that Nate Stanley goes off and uh, out there in Madison. And I think Ohio- Iowa gets the best of them, and uh, I think they take down Wisconsin, man. So that's uh, that's our Big Ten. All right, let's let's get. Actually, is there a spread? No, there's no spreads yet. Spreads usually get published around like Tuesday or or Wednesday. By the way, can I just say something, dude? This is weird. This is really weird. Like recording in the day and not at night. Like I'm sober. Right, this is fucking weird, dude. Yeah, because you're drinking an energy drink now, not a beer for once. Yeah, I'm not a healthy person. <laughs> All right, so let's get out there to the West Coast, man. How was it? What'd you see? What What did you like? Uh, 
like I said, I didn't get to watch too many uh, highlights and stuff, but oh, hang on, I gotta go back a week. I had the wrong week. Yeah, so we we both went two and two on our predictions. Uh, your fandom got the best of you as well because you took USC over Oregon. Um, yeah, so we'll start with the um, the bottom teams and then work our way up to the ranked teams. Nah. All right, well, then that puts us at the beautiful Oregon State in Arizona and sunny Tucson fucking Arizona. So uh, what team did you pick for this one? I took U of A. Yeah, and what did I tell you before you picked them? They looked absolutely terrible this year. I, they went on a spurt after the Hawaii game, and then they just got terrible. It was that second quarter, man. Oregon State put up twenty-eight point. But I mean, how are you gonna how are you gonna tell me my pick was terrible? You you picked Oregon State, dude. I'm telling you, <laughs> no, dude. Oregon I got State. A little bit of they're both knowledge. dumpster fires. They're both dumpster fires. Oregon State's a better dumpster fire though, because Oregon State has no expectations to win football games really, and U of A does. Sort of. It's a basketball school. It's a basketball school that happens to have a football program. That's what it is. That's what Arizona. <laughs> Oregon State's is. just a school that just happens to have programs. I guess you could say then. Yeah, well, it's a campus that ha- happens to have a, a sports program. I guess you if you want to be technical or something. <laughs> yeah, or I don't know. So Oregon State, not good. How, how about we talk about Jake Lutton going off against this U of A defense? Twenty of twenty six, three twenty eight, three touchdowns, and a QBR of ninety two point four. Put him in the NFL. Right now, that's it. He went up. He we went. He, talk, no, he went. He went up. He 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 fired up against Arizona. Yep, he's ready for the NFL, dude. It's Arizona. Like fuck, I'd throw three touchdowns on Arizona. <laughs> Every time I click on something, an ad plays, and I go to my headset. Oh yeah, no, it's. I mean, yeah, great game, dude. Good job, Jake. Go sleep with the cheerleader this tonight. Like, yeah, you lit up Arizona. Good for you. That's like somebody lighting up Northwestern this year. Good for you. All right. I mean, Arizona has four wins and two conference wins. It's not like letting up at Northwestern. Yeah, who are their two conference wins against? I'm, I'm curious on Arizona. <coughs> their two conference wins. Uh, let's see. UCLA, back when UCLA was terrible in Colorado. So, I think it was back when Colorado was actually kind of like in the in-between stage of being good and then going to bad. Dude, your mic's freaking out, man. You're, it's so delayed. It's, anyway, yeah, it, it's like delayed. Is it, is it echoing now? I don't know about echoing. It's just delayed. Like you, I can hear you talking, and then it comes through my headset. Yeah, yours does it too. This will be, inter- like, be an interesting one to to review then. Yeah, yours does it every now and then. It doesn't do it all the time. Yeah, same with you. Anyway, all right. Well, let's not get sidetracked. All right, so we got Grant Gunnell. Grant Gunnell, Gunnell, whatever you want to pronounce his name. Look like he got the start. 19 of 29, 269, two touchdowns. Looking pretty good. Um, and then uh, Khalil Tate came in, 7 of 12, 109, no turnovers. Uh, rushing attack though we got JJ Taylor for 21 carries, 78 yards for Arizona. And let's look at the rushing attack for uh, Oregon State. There, you see it? Uh, no. Yeah, you should uh, look at that. It's quite impressive. Let me see here. Sorry, I was, I was foreshadowing here. What the rushing attack for Oregon State? Yeah. Two dudes go over 100 yards. Hold on, breaking news. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Holy exactly. shit. Artavius Pierce and uh, Jamar Jefferson. Uh, 114 yards for Pierce, 105 for Jefferson. An average of 7.6 for Pierce and 4.8 for Jefferson. Jefferson had three touchdowns. Pierce has one. Uh, that's not bad. I mean, still, it's Arizona, so good for you. Good for fucking you. All right. 
Here's what I really want to start. 572 yards of offense. <laughs> Let's, I just computed that in my head. Let's talk about the most interesting team in college football this year, UCLA. Okay, hang on. Let me backtrack here. But, yeah, so Oregon State pulling off the uh, – it's sort of an upset. It's Arizona. It's not an upset. Quit calling it an upset. I think it's sort of an upset. Dude, I'm about to throw my microphone at you because Arizona sucks. All right. A- anyways, Oregon State wins 56 to 38. Yeah, no one cares. All right, so UCLA beat Colorado 31-14. Is UCLA – is UCLA good or are they bad? I think that's a fair question. I think they started off the year bad. I think right now though they are very scary. So I mean, it, I mean, ASU they, started the year very solid, and they've kind of just plummeted. Yeah, UCLA has done the opposite. So I think anyone that faces them from now on, it's going to be quite terrifying. Okay, but but here's the thing, man. So I mean, they lost to Cincinnati, San Diego State, and Oklahoma right out the, the beginning gate. of the season. Then they beat Washington State in that super, like, probably one of the best games of the season, 67-63. Yeah. And then they lost to Arizona, lost to Oregon State, beat Stanford, beat Arizona State, and then just beat Colorado. So, you like, like you just said, Arizona State started out hot and then plummeted. UCLA did the opposite. But I think it's right at that same midpoint for Arizona State and UCLA that that game – is kind of what propelled each other's seasons, whether it's up or whether it's down. Because U- UCLA had a very strong competition to go 0 and 12 this year. Yeah, and Arizona State was ranked, quote unquote, at the time uh, that they lost well, to they, UCLA. I mean, they, they beat a couple of good teams. Like you got credit, ASU or credits due. They just I don't know what happened with them. I would say yes and no. They beat Washington State, but that game was anybody's. I think any team. And on that night at Washington State, I don't. I don't think UCLA won that game. I think Washington State lost that game. One hundred percent. And then but, there are uh, other three wins that they have on the season are against Stanford, who's not Stanford anymore. Yeah, they're, that, this is a weird season for them. Arizona State, who <laughs> they're coming off that loss to Utah, and then Colorado. So, are they scary? Maybe. I, I think they are. I think. I, I, think, I think. I think it's a fifty-fifty shot. What team? Which which UCLA team is going to show up? Is it going to be the team that showed up against San Diego State and got boat raced, or is it going to be the team that just showed up against Colorado, or the team that showed up against Stanford and put up a lot of points? You know, it's so the the one factor into this that um, wasn't in the beginning of the season is Joshua Kelly is actually running the ball. Yeah. Because if you look at the wins they've had, he's had over a hundred yards rushing. Yeah. Because remember last week he had like one hundred and fifty-six or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then, I mean, Thompson Robinson's doing good. Uh, He passed for 226 yards, so. He's doing doing pretty good, but um, I just think the biggest key to the UCLA team is it's Joshua running the ball, Joshua Keller running the ball and running it effectively. Because if he's not, then it leaves DTR to have to actually throw the ball, and that's proven to be kind of scary at some points. Which, okay, so which coach is at the university longer, Chip Kelly or Scott Frost? Oh, Chip Kelly, without a doubt. You think Chip Kelly will be the head coach at UCLA longer than Scott Frost is a coach at Nebraska? Yeah, I think Chip Kelly leaves because he wants to leave. I don't think they fire him unless he has some type of uh, – because if he, if he just keeps winning games like he is right now, especially at the end of the season where it kind of goes into question if you should stay or not, yeah. he's going to stay for a while. Because he was – 
the guy to get when it, when they got him. It's just a matter of can he actually continue to coach and win games. Okay. I, I, I'll i take that. I think Scott Frost will be in position longer uh, just I because just, I don't think. I think Nebraska fans are way more loyal than UCLA fans. Yeah, but, I mean, it all comes down to – I mean, fans can we, – we can sit here behind microphones and say, you know, this coach can't coach or, you know, I'm calling for this dude's head. But it all depends on um, athletic directors and, you know, higher heads at the university. And I think with Scott Frost at Nebraska, I don't think that he – we pushed out anytime soon. Um, I can see that because they, they, when the AD hires someone, especially the football coach, the biggest money-generating uh, sport there is for a campus – or school, he doesn't want to say he hired the wrong dude. No, no, no. He, and so he's he, I, yeah, I and that was Bill had, Moose's big hire was 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 Scott Frost, and he hired exactly. him for seven years, five million a year. So I I, 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 I think, think Scott's it, in position as long as Scott Frost wants to coach and he wants to coach at Nebraska, he'll be the head coach at Nebraska. And so that's something that I can tell uh, Nebraska fans right now is just get used to it. Scott Frost is there. Uh, yeah, I, think, I think that's the biggest problem. I think that. That you might be right that he might stay long because UCLA's AD just uh, said he's going to resign after this year. Yeah. So if they get a new, I just think though that Chip Kelly is just too big of a name that if you let him go, you have to let him go for a really good reason. Yeah. But, but yeah, Scott you Frost, you can't at UCLA. You get rid of Chip Kelly. You, you, I mean, he maybe run it, make a run at Urban Meyer, maybe make a run at Les Miles, pulling him away from Kansas. But yeah, that's, I, that's the other thing too. I don't is, think so. I think Nebraska is actually, a, you know, a blue blood school. It, mm-hmm. So is UCLA. So, UCLA. Is I, I would blue say blood. Nebraska is a more desirable coaching because you have a bigger, you have, you have more uh, dedicated and uh, devoted fans there yeah. than you do at a UCLA school. Because if you look at the Rose Bowl attendance the past, well, at least during the time that he was losing, it was pretty pitiful. Um, so yes, we got Stephen Montez, twenty one thirty eight, one ninety five, one and one. Fucking hate uh, Montez. Uh, DTR, 21-28, 226, 2-1, 69.6 QBR. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Jaron Mangham, I think is his name. Yeah. Colorado, Colorado running back, 17-77. Uh, uh, then you got Joshua Kelly, of course. 23 carries, 126 yards. Uh, it just looks like a beast now. Uh, I think he's what's putting the team together. Uh, I am trying to look up one person here. Laviska Chanel. Holy cow! So this the the other thing too with this UCLA secondary was they they looked like a high school secondary. They looked pretty bad. Um, Colorado's looked pretty bad too. But to have Laviska Chanel only get three receptions for sixteen yards, mm-hmm. that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I again dumpster fire teams. I think UCLA is on the right track, but. Uh, yeah. They're still UCLA. So now we'll go on to Utah, Utah Washington. And Washington. Um, I believe with this one, Utah takes the uh, lead in Pac-12 South, um, especially with UCLA, USC's loss. I'd have to look at the, um, I don't know what you call it, the equation, I guess. Oh, the standings? Here, let me look. I don't know if they'll be updated yet. Yeah, they're updated. Okay. All right, so Pac-12. I think, Utah, I think Utah's at the top of the South. And then UCLA yeah. might be right there. Is UCLA U- second? Yeah, it's Utah and then USC, UCLA, ASU, okay. uh, the Shipbirds from Tucson, and then Colorado. Yeah, so 
Um, this Utah team is just they're good. They're really good. They're really good. Um, Huddling's coming around, 1924, 284, one touchdown, 91.9 QBR. They're that. that oh they're literally that upset in USC from being undefeated. Uh, and then we have, what would you say? Sorry, I had to add play. Oh, they're uh, that upset when they went over the college Santa oh, USC. Call, yeah. The 30-23 loss, if, if they would have handled business there, then they'd be undefeated. And I think they'd be in the college football playoff picture. And they yeah. have a favorable schedule. UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado. All three games are very winnable for uh, Utah to meet up with Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Oregon versus Utah. But um, let's go into uh, the game we were talking about, though, instead of fast-forwarding. You asked me what the standings were, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Jacob Easton, 29-52, 316, 4-2. Um, Zach Moss, twenty-seven carries, hundred yards. Yeah, Zach Moss being Zach Moss. Um, Salvin Ahmed, fourteen of fifty. Am I echoing? No. Okay. But uh, dude, look at Jacob Eason's numbers. That's what I just said. I, I just I just saw him, so I'm oh. just like, not a really good completion rating, but three hundred sixteen yards, four touchdowns. That's not bad. It's not, not a bad day. Um, I, I just think that this offense is still tailored to uh, Jake Browning, mm-hmm. and it's just they're not coming over. Like we talked about earlier with Nebraska, is it the scheme or is it the players in the right spot? I think it's the scheme for this uh, off, or Washington offense. Yeah, uh, let's go into Utah's defense because you love Utah's defense. Yep, I do. What was that? I can't remember what that dude's name was. Number six. Ah, oh, dude. Bradley and I. Yeah, that's my boy, man. That dude is yeah. a monster. <laughs> that dude is a fucking monster. He, uh, what does highlight him? He only had two tackles. They're probably because uh, he was double teamed all day because he's a monster. He had a, he had a sack and a tackle for loss, though, too, within those two. Yep. Um, wow, they look like they just kind of beat up on Jacob Eason. Yeah, that's... This Utah team is just, it's, it's legit. Like, there's no denying them by yeah. any means, and there hasn't been any denying them. Well, I mean, I think another thing that needs to be kind of brought up with Utah is they played from behind this whole game. Uh, they didn't really – they didn't take a lead till the fourth quarter. They played from behind. The entire game, Washington was was up, and then Utah, just with their resiliency, really took it took it away in the fourth quarter. And You got to remember, too, they played at Seattle. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they played on the road for this one and still came out with the W. Yeah, they're playing behind. This isn't a team. This Utah team is they're good, and as much as it's probably going to pain you to 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 hear this is, uh, I really wish they would have beat USC because I would love to see this Utah team go up against a good team, go up against a good program. Like, yeah, I think like Utah Clemson, dude. I would love to see that game. I I would I would love Clemson offensive line can contain the Utah defensive line. I I don't know. I mean, I think the question in that game, I, I kind of a little bit off topic, but fuck it, it's my podcast. I can do what I want. If Utah played Clemson, I think the the big question would be: Can Trevor Lawrence pass on that defense? Can he? Because he wouldn't be able to run running no, the ball against Utah. Absolutely not. You would not run the ball on Utah. So Trevor Lawrence would have to win that game. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it'd be a fun game to see. I kind of hope Clemson loses a game now, so we can see Utah and Clemson playing a bowl game. Um, that'd be I, I I'd enjoy it. That's just me though, because I know Nebraska's not going bowling, so I'm kind of looking forward to the college football playoff now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, so we we uh, let's go back. I'm sorry. I mean, no, no, you're good. I mean, all in all, I think uh, I think Utah is the most complete team in the Pac-12. I think whoever wins that Pac-12 championship, because it's going to be Utah and Oregon more than likely, they have uh, a good, not a good chance, but they have a chance of making that that college football playoff. I don't. I, I think, you know, we've talked about this. ACC and Pac-12, you have to be undefeated. Big yeah. 12, you might be able to afford one loss, but it better be a big loss. And Big 10, SEC, you can, you can roll in with one loss. SEC, you could probably roll in with two, especially if like Air yeah. Georgia that – you know they, they they lost the game, but then after the beating Florida, yeah, they're talking about putting them back in. Oh yeah, and if they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, you best well, that, you bet that, your ass Georgia's going to yeah. be in the College Football Playoff. That I can I can understand that, but if if you yeah, no, lost, dude, lost South Carolina, I'm sorry, I I dude, go back go back to the second episode, listen to my way to fix the the College Football Playoff. Eight teams, it's the best way. So big game. All right, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to turn it to you. I got to go check on my son. Go okay. talk about this, and then we'll kind of get into it together, this USC game against Oregon. Oh. Let's talk about this uh, USC and Oregon game. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering, my son's fine. He's asleep. He's good. Thanks for asking, asshole. All right, so. Well, you were paused when I asked. Uh, well, it's not on record, so. Uh, Oregon, USC, Oregon. Fucking Masio. Which I don't like. <laughs> I like him, man. He's a good friend. He's a good dude. Uh, not a good dude. Quit saying that. No, I'm not. He is. He's a great dude, man. I like him. He's a good friend. So, Oregon, USC. Oregon just completely mollywopped them. But I, I don't know. I mean, USC kind of pulled on Nebraska there, ten nothing lead at the end of the first quarter, and then. So it, it, if you watch, uh, I don't know if you watch any highlights of it, but if you watch the game that. First quarter defense and team was a completely different team that happened the rest of it. Uh, Oregon just came out and just dominated. Uh, another thing that come into effect is the Pac-12 reps are just absolutely terrible. Um, oh, my God. Are you one of those dudes that if your team loses big, you got to blame it on the refs? No, 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 because I'm not going to blame the refs at all. But I, it goes without st- saying, you ask any uh, – any at a conference team fan base that's played the Pac-12 with Pac-12 refs, and they'll tell you that the Pac-12 refs are absolutely terrible. I just, I don't know. Pac-12 needs to do something. Uh, just all around. Anytime that me and you talk about football, it's always there's something wrong with the Pac-12. Yeah, there is. Uh, it, what? What? Why? What's up with this conference? Like, why is the Pac-12 so? Because USC is not on top. Huh? Not, not to sound like boating or anything, like that, but look at the Pac-12, Pac-10 when they were at the peak of their time, who was on top? Well, you also had a lot of a lot of star power out there. You had Matt Liner, you had Reggie Bush, Not Pete Carroll. Even, even before that, though, whenever the PAC conference is doing good, USC is on top because that is where all the talent is in Southern California for California. And it's where a lot of kids want to go because they want to experience the beach and the warm weather for most of the year. 
So when your team that's supposed to be carrying your conference isn't winning, you have what we have now, which is the dumpster fire, because you have Oregon, who has a chance. You have Utah, who has a chance. You have Washington, who has a chance. There's too many teams that don't have a chance, but there's nothing to be, to make a brand on, where USC is the team to make the brand on. Yeah, I mean, you have Oregon. Oregon's kind of been there since Marcus Mariota and Chip Kelly, so... I mean, you can build a brand on Oregon, so I'm not saying that it's completely USC's fault. I think it's a conference as a whole. I mean, USC is is not where they need to be. They're five and four uh, after this loss, and uh, they do have a signature win. I'll give them that. They beat Utah, who Utah is like we just yeah, said, you, you, a Utah sleeper a, college football playoff team. Yeah, but Oregon hasn't been relevant until like the last maybe like ten years or so. And even then, it's been a yeah. roller coaster of who's relevant or when they're relevant, when they're not relevant. I think under uh, Cristobal, because they say he's the best recruiter in the nation right now for the most part. He's yeah. His staff is dedicated to recruiting. I think they can make a brand out of them, but a team that has legacy and that's actually carried the conference is USC. And if you ask most people who, no, I'm not. I'm not denying that USC. I, I, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, if you ask most uh, people that cover, like, actually cover the insiders on the Pac-12 and stuff like that. They'll tell you the same thing that when USC wins, the Pac-12 thrives. When yeah. USC loses, though, nothing happens because there's it's it's like um it's like an Ohio State or uh, an Alabama, like they can have all right games and still win, but they'll still be in contention for certain talks because they have that name. Yeah, well, I think I think with USC. Uh, one thing that we really need to touch on is his new athletic director. Uh, Mike Bone coming in from Cincinnati. What What do you think the first, other than firing Clay Helton, where do you think he's going to make the biggest impact on the football program being the new athletic director? So I wouldn't even say his biggest impact on the football program. I would say his biggest impact on the athletic department because it's, it's such a, a shit show of a department. It, it it makes small schools probably like, I don't know Oregon State's athletic department look like stellar people mm-hmm. it has so many investigations within them and no I hate to use this word but like no discipline between between them to, or accountability to actually hold these people to their jobs and fire them so I think bringing in an outside hire is an awesome hire uh, you can talk to mostly the USC insiders and they'll tell you the same thing that Bringing in someone that has no connections really to the program mm-hmm. is awesome because he can come in and he can start clearing house and bringing in people that actually know how to do their job and how to make this athletic department thrive and what they need to thrive on. But I think the biggest thing, um, I guess like the, the biggest thing he could try to do right away is uh, take off that UC Davis game next year and keep an FBS opponent because USC is one of the only schools to never schedule an FCS opponent. And the other two schools are UCLA and Notre Dame, which are their two biggest rivals, so you kind of lose that bragging right. Um, But I think the biggest thing for him right now is changing that department, figuring out a good candidate for the football program, which there's a lot of talk about. uh, Urban Meyer, Mm -hmm. P.J. Fleck. And uh, James Franklin, which I don't, I don't see James Franklin leaving Penn State. But then again, you never know. Uh, so yeah, so those are the three major things. Um, and then yeah, just the 
as long as he does those three major things, I think he's going to be pretty successful at USC. Uh, it's hard to fail, I should say, because you have so much money coming into it that you're not going to go wrong. Yeah, I, I just – I really think that any any hire as a head coach, aside from Urban Meyer, is is not a success. It's very true, but if you look at um, USC's hires for head coach, they've all been coaches that they've taken a chance at. They've, none of them have been big names where they got there. They've all been – like the sixth option or the fifth option or so right um because like even pete carroll is a sixth option coach and when they brought him in a lot of people were kind of happy with with them because he didn't pan out the nfl and no one knew who the hell he was he comes in and first season goes six and six and then from there he just starts dominating the the nation yeah and then look what he look what he's doing out there in the nfl as well exactly so i think uh i've watched a couple of uh, videos on him kind of uh, when he transitioned out of USC and when he got into USC. And the biggest thing is that he's he's learned what made him fail, and he's used it to make him uh, succeed. And then if you if you talk to a lot of these other coaches and listen to them talk, um, especially like even Urban Meyer was talking about it, that uh, when Pete Carroll came in, he brought the rugby tackling style in so that way you can get rid of these targeting calls and, the helmet to helmets and it's just a safer way to tackle and that way you can also focus on tackling yeah and now look at how almost every team practices and how nfl teams practice they use that rugby style tackling so he was one of the big innovators and uh, excuse me uh frontman to bring that in ahead of his time yeah it, i think also on this game on uh you know kind of getting back to the football game that, that was played on Saturday was Justin Herbert. You know, I said last week, I think he's the best quarterback in the nation. I think he's the most NFL ready. And I think this game, I can double down on that statement that no, not at all. Oh, I can't. I, I, I think it, there's, if you watch the first half, he was, I mean, I didn't get to watch most of the second half, but that first half, he looked like a freshman QB. Well, I mean, he also, so his final number is 21 to 26, 225 yards for three touchdowns. He had an interception, which I probably, I'm gathering, he threw it in the first half. He did? Yeah. If so, he, if, I mean, the second half where you win football games and where the game is, is won. I don't I, I don't argue that, but you need to be, uh, if you're going to be the best QB in the nation, you need to be a quarterback for all four quarters, not just two of them. Well, I mean – all four quarters, 21 to 26, 225 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. I'll take that any day. Yeah, Especially so, on the road. So In a hostile sec- environment, I'll take it. I still sec- think he's the most NFL ready and the most complete quarterback in the NFL or in college football right now. So the, the second quarter, 14 of those points were uh, special teams and defense. They weren't him. No, I'm not saying that he scored them all. I mean, his, his interception was, I believe it was a curl route. And he threw it like to the middle of the field, like ten yards away from the player. It was pretty awful. Then the beginning of the uh, do you have an ad play? No, no, no. Uh, I, was, I I've been watching the red zone channel. Christian McCaffrey just ran a fifty-eight yard touchdown. Like that dude is killing it. Yeah, sorry, a little but, bit of NFL. Yeah. I'm also an NFL fan, so yeah. So I just I think if if you're gonna be 
the the most NFL ready quarterback, the, the passes that he's missing, he needs to be making. Yeah, I I, I just so I, I think out I, of the big quarterbacks in this in college football right now, he's he's better than Trevor Lawrence, and I think he's better than Tua. I I think I think passing wise, he probably is uh, a little bit better than Tua, but I think Tua can can beat him out. But I, I think characteristics wise. He has the characteristics you want to see in the in an NFL QB. He's big. Yeah. He's durable. Yeah. He's, and he can make he can make pretty good reads. I I just think he needs to. I don't know if he needs to go to a camp or have like a QB guru or something talk to him because nah, he just some of the passes that he that he's making like that he's trying to do are just so off. It looks it just looks awful. Yeah, and that's I think that goes on the coaches. Um, so I think if you're looking at pure talent, he has a pure talent. Uh, I think who's that boy down in LSU? What's his name? Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. I, yeah. He's up there, and he's really solidified himself over the last couple of weeks, being up there and being ready to go. Was, that's what I was going to say. I think Joe Burrow might be giving him a run for his money for the best oh, yeah. QB. Yeah. So, all right. So, moving moving on, uh, both of our teams. Yeah, that covers the Pac-12. Oh, Dude, I just want one week. I want one week where I can come onto this podcast and I can talk about a Nebraska win. That's all I want in life. So we we didn't go over the score though for this. So uh, final score is fifty six to twenty four. Oregon comes out with the the win. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, that that first quarter team, especially the defense, just looked so. It looked looked how they were supposed to look the whole year, and then because uh, the kickoff return was literally right before half for a touchdown. Yeah. And I noticed it. I don't know if if it was the camera angle that showed it, but. Uh, it was a true freshman that ran it back. He was a cornerback, and he was targeted. I don't know if he was targeted by USC, but he was from Southern California, that area. And he threw up the V for, you know, the USC V after he scored. So I don't know if he was like, I, I don't know. But it was just a very interesting game because Oregon has so many USC uh, targets or kids that wanted to go to USC, but USC didn't go after him. And if, so for the, that's why I think this is a bigger game than what it shows because for Oregon to come into the Coliseum and win fifty six to twenty four with those kids, especially the kids that wanted to go to USC and didn't get an offer. Yeah, it's what the hell. It was it was kind of like a statement game for those kids. Uh, I one hundred percent, and especially since most of your your targets are in Southern California for Oregon, yeah. you come down to Southern California, bring them to the game, or they come to the game for USC and. You blow them out like that; it's it's only going to help your recruiting class that much more. I mean that you know, there's a lot of kids that went up to Oregon from Southern California, so it's almost like a homecoming game for them. You know, all their boys in the stands from high school and their families, and yeah, I think I think when I heard last, there was 48 or 54 kids from California on Oregon's team. Jeez, yeah. All right. Well, all right, so <laughs> so we'll go into our predictions. Yeah, now, right. We're first game on the schedule uh, Friday. At eight thirty, yeah. Friday night lights. Washington uh, goes into Corvallis and plays Oregon State. Who are you taking? I'm riding with Oregon State. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna take you, Dub. Uh, so then, get into our Saturday slate. Uh, hey, just just to let you know. I know you're probably looking on the same page as me. I'm gonna skip that middle game. We're gonna p- save that one for last. Uh, okay. So Stanford and Colorado at one o'clock in Boulder. Who are you taking? 
So I I'm gonna go with Colorado since it's at Boulder because when Colorado played USC at Boulder, they were winning most of the game until the fourth quarter because Steven Montez went out with an injury, came back and it looked like he was concussed. Somehow passed the concussion protocol and just looked terrible in the fourth quarter. And this Stanford team has been such a roller coaster that you don't even know what to expect from them. But I'm gonna go with Colorado. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Colorado as well. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna go Colorado. Montez has a big day. All right, five o'clock. Washington State uh, goes to Berkeley and plays California. Who are you taking? Uh, let me see who's playing quarterback real quick for Cal. Cal, yes. Uh, it should be that tall, goofy goober. Let's see. Okay, well, Chase Garbers is still out, so I don't. I, I, I'm going to go with uh, Washington State. Yeah, I want to take Washington State as well. Uh, I don't know much about these two teams. All I know is that Washington State is predicted to win the game 65.3%. So I'm going to take Washington State. So the one, one thing with Washington State, um, their defense was uh, pretty bad, as you could saw probably against the UCLA game. So the defensive coordinator stepped down. And last game when they played uh, Oregon, to last week, not this week, the defense looked actually pretty good. Way better than they looked before. So I think that defense is on the rise. You're coming off a bye. It's, I think Washington State comes away with the win. All right. Hey, what time do you work on Saturday? Or what time? Yeah. What time? I don't work Saturday. So I, I have Saturday and Sunday off. But I get off work on Friday around like 3 or 4. In the morning? Yeah. Okay, so one thirty. you need to be here on Saturday because we're going to watch this game together, USC, Arizona State. As long as it's not on the pack. Oh, it's not on the pack. No, it's on ABC. Okay, sweet. So yeah. that way we don't have to worry about the playback issue that we had before. Oh, yeah, we were trying to watch that USC game. Yeah. And we watched the replay five times. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, we're watching it again. Uh, Arizona State, USC. I say, uh, are you going to take USC for this one? Yeah, I'm yeah, going to take, take my team. I'm going to take Arizona State. If you guys don't know, I don't know if I covered this at the very beginning or if you're a new listener. Um, I grew up in Nebraska, but I actually went to high school in Arizona. Uh, and I actually became a, a pretty big Devil fan. I, I follow them uh, about about half the way I follow Husker football. So I'm going to take my team. I'm going to take my Devils. Uh, it's in Sun Devil Stadium. I think Jaden Daniels goes off. I think – this is where your new AD has to sit in his office and really examine Clay Helton's future after he loses to Arizona State and say, is he the well, right? I, I, the the blowout loss to Oregon already sealed the deal because they can't make it to the Pac-12 conference or championship. Yeah, but, I mean, you guys finish. It, it's just like I said, you know, if Clay Helton wins a few more games, like if Clay Helton, if you guys won out, all right, if – you guys have four game or three games or four. You guys have three uh, left. Three games. Yeah. You got you got ASU. You got Cal, and you, then you got the rivalry game against UCLA, which is always a good game. I, I like to call it the red and blue game because you all wear home uniforms every time. I don't know why, but if you guys won out, you guys would finish the season at eight and four, make a pretty decent bowl game, and win your bowl game. You start getting recruits. Clay Helton stays, but you guys lose yeah. to ASU, and you guys possibly lose to UCLA. Clay Helton's done. So. I, th- I think I think he's done regardless. It's the it's blowout loss to Oregon. People saw that coming, though. I mean, no, they didn't. They, I, they, they, I did. They had, 
I definitely did. I, I even think my prediction last week. I even think I think I even said Oregon and Oregon big. I, I just I think if you're outside of the USC program, like like me all outside looking into USC, I have no ties to USC. I kind of look at them from a, a bipartisan standpoint. I saw the blowout coming to Oregon because USC has shown flashes of being good. You know, the, the close loss to Notre Dame, uh, beating Utah. People are like, hey, USC's pretty good. But then you, you still you, you lose to Washington, you lose to BYU, you're exposed. So I, I, I'm just putting, I'm putting bygones on bygones. I saw that, that loss coming. I saw the big loss coming to Oregon. And I'm taking ASU because I'm a fan, but I think it's going to be a pretty close game. That's why I want to get together for that game. Is I think it's going to be a really good football game. Yeah, I think I think no matter what Clay Helton's out, it's, it's pretty much set in stone that this is his last season. Um, there's a couple of things that have come out that kind of, inc- like, I don't know what you would say, like alluded to that. Yeah. Um, and it's it's only after that Oregon game, because he had a decent chance if he won the Pac-12, but after the Oregon game, it's it's set in stone. Like, he, he can go to a bowl game and win, but that's not what the USC culture is about. USC culture is about being in the, the running for – the national championship, dominating the Pac-12 South because there's no teams that you should compete that should even be near your level. Yeah, by any means. Yeah, Utah's good, but they, you saw they beat them with the third string quarterback. Yeah, like that. That that's who USC is, and to lose to the teams that you've lost to, it's. I I'm not. I I think after the, excuse me, after the UCLA game. If not before, he's fired. And then uh, shortly after, they name the next head coach. Okay. I mean, I'll take it. But like I said, let's get together next Saturday. Let's watch that game. Okay. So, yeah. So, made our predictions. Um, We'll take a quick, uh, like, 30-second break. All right. All right. So, now we'll go into the uh, next part of our episode. Yeah. Uh, you you want to touch in on this fair to, uh, pay to play act? This this whole big news coming out. Do you think? Uh, yeah. So I originally wanted to make two episodes out of this, um, but Mark is a stubborn asshole and doesn't want to do that. So no, man, I want to get into it. I, I. Uh, so this episode might run a little bit longer. Uh, it shouldn't run longer than two hours though, because two hours no matter what we're going. No, no, I don't. I don't want to like talk about this very in depth, but I do want to touch on it just because it's something that I'm really excited about. So the NCAA voted. Uh, so you told me to start this, and now you're gonna start. Yeah, I'm gonna start it. Like I said, I'm a stubborn asshole. Uh, no, they uh, the NCAA had a unanimous vote on to play players for uh, their likeness and their name. Yeah, and and their name, like basically, they they can they they can profit off their own name. So they're not getting paid by the university. They're getting no, they, paid they, by sponsors, sponsors and donors, and, donors and um, which also means that, say you're a big name player at Clemson, like Trevor Lawrence, he can sign a deal with Nike. You know, he can he can be a representative. So, what you're going to well, start I, seeing? I think, I think, the way it's going to work is whatever uh, company sponsors your team, you have to stay with them. I don't think you can go away because I know. Um, no, no, no. It's just like the NFL. So. Nike, no, 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 they, they, the NFL, it's the same way. No, Nike if, if sponsors is, the NFL. No, 
because there there uh there was there was a big debate because uh players were wearing certain headphones that weren't the company wasn't sponsoring the NFL and so they were getting fined and they were told they had to take Well there's off. yeah there's going to be uh you can't be a Nike sponsored school and get and then get sponsored by Adidas like, Yeah you can so no that's there's no way it's going to work out well, it works out. So it's just like in the NFL. You know, Nike sponsors the NFL. So all uniforms are made by Nike in the NFL, correct? I believe so, yes. yes. So then you have like Christian Kirk, who plays for the Arizona Cardinals. He has an Adidas deal. And so he still wears the Nike uniform, but his gloves, his shoes, all of his gear is by Adidas. And that's what's going to happen in the NFL. If you want to sign a deal, or in NCAA, if you want to sign a deal, you can sign a deal. They, I, 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 I don't think it'll work out that way i just I, I don't see it working out that way because they're so strict upon what the players can already wear for the pregame the game and what they can wear during the week that i i don't well maybe it's strict maybe now because it. the players didn't have this right and now that the ncaa has done this now they have that right that they can go out and profit off their own name and so you could have trevor lawrence who plays for clemson sign a deal with adidas and go out there well, and he can be the face for adidas if he wants is he going to probably not they're probably going to stick well, to what their school is sponsored by yeah, I, I think that's the way it's. I think that's the way it's going to kind of work. But to they're they're going to have that freedom. The but I think the biggest thing, I don't know. This is me personally. What I'm excited for is, dude, this dude's blowing me up. Uh, I don't know. Some dude from Tucson probably listening to this thing live, hearing me hate on the Wildcats. Um, but the thing I'm most excited about, and what I want to discuss about this most, is what we're, me and you, are most excited for, is getting your ass on those sticks to beat your ass in NCAA football. Uh, on place. I mean, I have a TV right here. You could bring it over any fucking time you want and you can get that ass ripped. But what I'm excited for and what do you see hurdles being of creating that video game? Now that now that they got this pay to play act in and now that So so all all this pay to play thing has done is they've said you can make money off it. They haven't made any rules or anything to it. So it's probably going to be some time before they even get to that point. But all they're saying is yes players deserve to make money off their stuff yeah so the rules have to be enacted by january 1st 2021 so exactly it has to be be fully into effect in all three subdivisions of ncaa that no matter what what sport you play oh dude stop it's water vapor calm down it's not like i'm blowing smoke in your face no it doesn't well yeah my coils weren't um but no matter what sport you're in, no matter what you do, you can make name, you can make money. And so EA Sports has already came out with a comment. I don't know if you saw this. No, I haven't. So EA already said, the minute we get the green light, we're jumping on it. And so what that basically means is as soon as they get the green light from the NCAA that they can create a, a video game. So remember, remember what we talked about before, right? My idea was, is they get the title and they launch it with the new yeah, yeah. Consoles like basically take ncaa 14 and you remaster it and release it well not even that i mean now they have a chance to make a new one yeah like a whole new ncaa and launch it excuse me do you think that's possible yeah do you think my idea was possible now yeah so uh, what i think is going to happen and what i think will happen within the next six months is ncaa p and or NCAAPL, just like the NFAPL, is where you get a players' association together. Because what you need to do is you need to be able to negotiate contracts for those players. You need to be able to negotiate with EA Sports or 2K or whoever picks up. 
Yeah, this video game. Madden only plays like the NFL players, like 50 bucks for the title or whatever. They're, so it, it's it, something, it's something small. I mean, your cover yeah, athlete gets a little bit more. Yeah, it's, your it's big not your big name crazy. players get more. It, it basically goes on how much you're going to be seen in the game. But uh, you know, they need to work out a way to compensate. You know, with EA, which I think you know, they have to already be talking about it. The minute that this uh, pay to play act came out, you know, these guys had to jump in on it. And what I see happening is them putting together uh, NCAA Players Association, somebody you know, a president that can go in front of these colleges and negotiate contracts, negotiate everything to get them paid. And the minute they do that, then it's just getting the universities to sign up again, which obviously there's universities willing because of Madden. You know, you got, what, like 10 or 15 colleges in, in Madden 20? I think it was like 10. Yeah. So they're already there. They're already ready to get back into the video game because, you know, the, the university doesn't make money and it's, it could be a great recruiting tool. But what I also see this pay-to-play act being is do you think it's going to separate the big schools i.e alabama ohio state clemson uh oklahoma ohio state usc oregon you know these big name schools that are already getting top name recruits do you think it's going to separate from the iowa state kansas state kansas uh purdue Uh I think it will to a, a degree, but I don't think it'll be because I feel like the NCAA is going to enact a lot of rules to to make it to where it, it they make money, but they can only make a certain amount of money. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, keep keep it, the slave act right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's kind of how it's going to work. But I think the biggest thing is like uh, you don't know how much like those small schools, like how much money the donors are putting into the schools. So yeah, they might not make like the contributions that like you know the alabamas and the ohio states and like that do but they could be putting a lot of money to this these programs so they could still have a chance of making money off that by having like a, a sponsorship with a dealer with one of the boosters dealerships yeah. or something like that exactly so that's so I, I, th- I think i think there's there's going to be a gap regardless because whoever you let me let me go back here a lot of those big name universities have a lot of big name people that have graduated through them. Like USC has John Wayne, George Lucas, you know, like big names like that. Right. Who have a lot of money. So they naturally are already going to have a lot of money within the program. So they're going to be at more of an advantage than like the smaller schools, like your Kansas States or Kansas and stuff like that, who kind of, yeah, they have big names that go through them, but they don't have the names that those big universities have so like the ncaa the ncaa board said and i quote that all changes uh, regarding this are going to be guided by a principles including that they reaffirm that student athletes are students first and that they're going to protect the recruiting environment how do you protect a recruiting environment when you say payers can profit off their name and just like you said what i didn't think about and i think is a great point is say you have a big booster like george lucas and they get sponsored by his bullshit car dealership. But so it, I don't know if George Lucas is actually like a booster. I just no. I'm but what I'm like saying is, yeah. is like you get a big booster like that. Says, hey, I have a car dealership. I'm going to sponsor you through, but I'm going to pay you a million dollars. Because like, what's stopping somebody what with saying. that I, I much think, money to pay them that much? Like, do you think that there's going to be a cap? 
And yeah, there has to be a cap because then the next question is, is if there isn't a cap and say they're going to pay you $60,000 a year or Nike, you sign a $1 million a year contract because you're a fucking Chase Young and they know yeah. you're going to be in the NFL. Do they lose their scholarship? Do they have to start paying for school? No, I, I think, I think the scholarships should still go to, should go through the, still go through the athletic department because the school is still a lot of those scholarships. Yeah, but how, how is that fair to Joe Snuffy? That's on the baseball team that's struggling just to put ramen noodles on his plate. Then now you have Chase Young getting paid a million dollars a year by Nike and then also getting a free education. Yeah, but those are two different, those scholarships get allotted from two different things. So, like, football has its own scholarship. So, football has, uh, I believe it's 25 initial scholarships. So, pretty much uh, they have 25 scholarships per year for the recruiting class. Depending on how many people you need or what, you know, obviously it's going to vary, but 25 is the max, I believe. Uh huh. And then you can use those for um, transfer portal, trans, my God, transfer portal players too, and they'll count against your initial. So the the each each program or sport has its own uh, scholarship breakdown by the NCAA. So I I think a bigger argument would be. You have a like preferred walk on who's uh like your let's say like your your third slash fourth string and your first two strings go down and he's still not doesn't have a scholarship but he's playing. I think that's kinda of where you can make an argument for that, but I think all sports will be representative somewhat equal in a sense because you gotta think these uh most of these kids have YouTube channels and stuff like that and they they can't make any money off that. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause you had so that punter getting in a lot of trouble, didn't you? Like he was making a good amount of money off YouTube, and the NCAA uh, said like, pick one, either school yeah, or YouTube. They've done that with a few people. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so I think, yeah, they might not make it these big contracts, like you say with Nike and all that, but they can still make money because now they can make money off anything. Yeah. Autographs and anything like that, or let's say they host a camp. And their their hometown of, let's say like small town Illinois or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. and they they just charge kids like ten ten dollars a kid or something like that, and they get twenty kids. And I just made two hundred dollars off like a two day camp. Yeah, I <clears throat> I just I really I agree with the NCAA's ruling. I I really I like that college players are going to be able to make a living. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Is a lot of people just automatically go to football. You don't think about all the like Olympic well, sports I, and everything I, that college has. The other thing that I, I definitely put into this about why I think that college football players or, you know, like the big sports, college football, college basketball, those two sports, if you – I have a few buddies that went on to go play Division One football. And, you know, I was talking to them uh, and asking them about this and – I think the biggest thing is those college football players don't have time for a job. They they can't go work at the local pizza shop because, you know, they're they're waking up early in the morning to go lift and then they have walkthroughs and then they have class and then they have afternoon practice and then they have homework and then they go home and they may, maybe get five, six hours of sleep and then they're right back at it again. Yeah. So they, they don't have time. You know, they're relying on mom and dad to send them some money. And, you know, this means that aside from – you know, their day-to-day life, you know, maybe they do like an hour or two appearance for Nike or for a car dealership or something local. And, you know, they get paid a few bucks and they get to put some money in their pocket and 
I also start teaching them about money management because I think it's like 80% of NFL players two years after getting out of the league are broke. And so these, yeah, that's, that's actually what I was talking to someone about was, uh, at work is what they, what they need to do. Cause they're allowing, I know what the California's one, uh, they're allowing the, the players to have agents. Yeah. I don't know about the NCAA's one. Um, I'd have to look into that, but, uh, if you're if you're gonna treat them like professional athletes in that sense, then one thing that the NFL and all these other major sports leagues have done is they put financial advisors in, pretty much for each team. That way, these players don't go broke because they they don't know how to spend money. You know? No, I, that's you're, you're you're eight, especially if you're basketball. You're eighteen, nineteen years old. Zion Williams, you get this massive contract. Like, you never had that much money before in your life. What are you going to do? You're just going to spend it. Yeah, you're just you're just going to go balls out. So, I mean, I I think that's it's smart. And I think what it's going to do is just it's going to help prepare these kids for, you know, when they get out into the real world. And when once they start, you know, because 80% of – it's a rough number, but 80% of these kids that are playing college football are, aren't going to play on the league. They're not going to go play I on think, I think it's higher than that, honestly. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm also taking into effect like practice squads and stuff like that. Like, I mean, they get a little experience in the NFL. I, I would say two out of every ten players they get to at least put their foot in an NFL door. So, yeah, uh, it, it's preparing them for the real world, and it's letting them focus on school and on, on athletics. And it is; it's making them a true student athlete and not somebody that's playing football, and then also trying to just struggle to eat because you know you go to these big programs and they feed you you know you go to asu or you go to usc and you pretty much go to division one they're gonna yeah i mean you know that you have your own nutritionist and they give you free food and you get to eat with the program and you know because they want to control what you eat but you know you go to like these division two division three schools and they're like hey football's over you're done yeah. And then they're going home and they're eating ramen noodles because they have 50 cents laying in their, you know, in their cup holder in their car. So I agree with it. I think it's a really great thing. Selfishly, I'm excited because I get a video game back, hopefully, in the next couple of years. So one thing for me is, is if you do set up that NCAA, uh, was it Players PL? Yeah, PA or whatever. Yeah. One way they can work it is they can have one AD from every conference be the representative for each conference's players because if, if you just have one person for the whole ncaa players it's that's no, gonna be impossible no you're gonna have to represent the uh the conferences um, yeah so you, you 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 make your most outstanding ad your your representative yeah give him a little something extra because he's gonna handle all that and then you give him kind of a staff to, to work around. I so mean, that way it, you're, you're going to have to create jobs and you're going to have to, yeah. you're going to have to hire specific. It's just like when they created the college football playoff, you had to come up with a committee. So it, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to have to create a board for the players that's separate from, I wouldn't even say an athletic director. I think it'd have to be separate from the universities because well, you can hire a former athletic director. Then you, well, yeah, you have some, it, it had to be somebody that, with been, experience, but yeah. I don't think you need, I think you need to stay away from active members in the NCAA because what this act is, is it's almost going against what the NCAA believes. And the NCAA is doing it, I feel like, out of panic because of what happened out in California. And then Texas was talking about doing it, and Florida was talking about doing it. And guess what? Yeah, Flores goes into effect. 
the, January 2020 or 21. It, it's, it's, all, it's all 2021. And the problem was, and I, I think why is 2023. the NCAA did it out of panic was because you had those three states talking about doing it, and that's where your big three states for football players are, is in California, oh, yeah, Texas, and Florida. So they did it out of panic, and that's why it needs to be a separate entity than the NCAA. And they, they it needs to be separate – and the fact of somebody that has the players in mind and not their own pockets. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this works out. We got, what, about a year a year until this thing goes into effect. So, I'm interested to see what comes of it. I'm, I'm definitely following it, and it's something that I'll, I'll touch on as, uh, as it develops I, a little I bit I think more. overall it's exciting, but I, I will actually be more excited once – uh, they put the actual rules and stuff like that into effect. Because right now it's just them saying, oh, yeah, we can do it, but nothing yeah. to follow suit, nothing to to back it pretty much, just them saying it. Yeah. So, all right, well, once uh, once we get more coming through this, I think uh, we'll touch more in on it. I just wanted to really touch in on it today about um, exactly what we saw from it and then what I'm most excited for is the fucking video game. I'm so excited for that game, dude. But – I don't know. I think so. Now with the video game, though, do you think it's gonna? Be, do you think it's gonna be how it used to be, where NCA had its own developers who kind of de- who kind of made their own gameplay, or do you think it's gonna be because EA has gone to crap since that last one came out? Do you think it's gonna be kind of a Madden geared towards game because Madden is just god awful when it comes to gameplay? I I think that's one thing that made NCA football better. The what 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 was is I I think the that they keep. So different. I think they keep. Uh, Hopefully they keep the same formula. Uh, the team is still there. The NCAA football team at EA is still there. Oh, is it really? Yeah, they're still on staff, absolutely. Uh, because EA knows the game's coming back. They know that they're going to create that game. It was such a money. It was the third highest grossing game that EA made behind Madden and FIFA. So it's not one that they're going to get away from. Uh, I think that basically first game's going to be rough. They're going to rush it to the shelves. Um, but it'll be a start. I think the biggest change we're going to see is instead of it being QB number two at Nebraska, it's going to be Adrian Martinez. The names will be in the game, and it's going to be a more authentic experience because they're going to be able to use actual players, actual coaches, actual everything, um, actual sponsors because players are going to have sponsors. Players are going to have deals, so they're going to have – Nike, Adidas, Wilson, you know, they're going to have all those actual sponsors in the game. So it's going to be an exciting game. I can't wait to see it. Um, And as soon as it gets announced, uh, you'll be rushing over here. I'll be calling you when you're in Kansas, and we're going to be recording a podcast just on that video game. And we're going to get excited for it because I am. I'm already excited for it. Yeah, I just hope that it's not the Madden. I I just hope it doesn't follow the Madden line because the Madden – Line has just gone to shit. I, I just think that you don't like Madden because you can't beat me at it. I beat you before I left Kuwait. No, barely. Okay, you, I beat you like three or four times. I made you rage quit three or four times. Yeah, in the very beginning until I figured out how to play the game. Yeah, and I made Byers rage quit. That was awesome. He literally walk, got up and walked out of my room. I was like, <laughs> loser. Yeah, on my on my franchise, I use uh, Darnold as my QB. And it's been like a couple of years, so he's like actually pretty good. And then 
I have DeAndre Hawkins, who just catches everything that comes to him because he's 99 in every stat. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, I'm excited for it. You need to bring the old one over here next time we record so we can play. It's too precious. I don't want it to break. You'll be all right. It's literally a two-minute drive. You'll be okay. <laughs> just bring it over, man. Come get that ass whooped. Now, we've been talking about playing this game for, what, the three years that we've known each other, and we're yet to get on the sticks. So. I'll even yeah, play on your precious your little Xbox, and I'll whoop that yeah, ass. You- I don't want to hurt your feelings. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. The only, hurt, the only feelings will get hurt is that if you unplug it at halftime because I'm beating you 35 to nothing. You're not going to beat me that bad. Okay. You're not even going to beat me. If you say so. All right, so next week we'll come to you with the score. How about that? Bring, bring, What's that? Bring, bring it over. We'll play USC versus Nebraska, and then we'll open up the podcast with a review of that game. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were supposed to have um, a guest last week in Big Joe – and kind of like a pregame up to the Army Air Force game and kind of get his thoughts and opinions on certain things. Uh, he had family coming to town, and then uh, Mark doesn't know how to have a babysitter, so oh my God. we got we got, we got to cancel plans. So that was the episode that was supposed to come out. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks we can get him on. Yeah, we'll, we'll get him on here. Uh, just kind of we'll, – we'll give his backstory when he comes in here, but he's he a good dude. Uh, we'll, we'll get him on here. We'll get him on the podcast. Um, if you guys don't know yet, we do, we are on Instagram. So follow us at any given Saturday college football on Instagram, um, Twitter and email, same email us in. If you guys have questions or you guys want us to talk about something certain, just email us, let us know some ideas. Uh, so our, our email is any given Saturday CFB at gmail.com. Our Twitter is any given Saturday CFB. Uh, then you have the Facebook and Instagram info. Uh, we're not on Facebook yet. Just Instagram. Instagram is any, oh, we're not on no, Facebook it's yet. just any given oh, Saturday CFB on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow. You can actually see our setup on there. I just posted it today. Uh, and just let us know like if, if you want to hear us talk about something or if you have a question or want us to discuss something about either USC or Nebraska or just college football in general. Just uh, shoot us a line and we'll give you a shout out on here and we'll talk about it and We'll go from there. So we appreciate y'all listening, and we hope you have a great week. Go Big Red. As always, Brandon and Mark, fight on.